All right, welcome into another edition of the Loud Outs Podcast. CJ Nikowski and Ryan Spielborgs, and we're going to jump right into it. And this is why I love working with Spilling. You hear me say it often. Uh, he corrects my mistakes. He sets me straight. He and I had a conversation about a week or so ago. We were talking about the value of prospects and what would you trade and how much would you pay for a prospect. And Spilly was saying things like, you know, $25, $30 million. I'm like, you're crazy. There's no way a team would pay $25 or $30 million for a prospect. And in a way, he kind of was crazy because we just found out that the New York Mets were willing to pay about $35 million uh, for the Rangers' number four prospect in a big trade for the Texas Rangers and the New York Mets as Max Scherzer is headed to Texas and to Arlington uh, to pitch for the Texas Rangers. $35 million coming with him in return. Uh, the New York Mets were going to receive Luis Angel Acuna, who is Ronald Acuna Jr.'s brother, younger brother, uh, which certainly is a name that uh, people know. Uh, this deal shocked me, quite honestly, Spilly, uh, because of the money that was coming back. And once again, uh, I was wrong. You were right. $35 million was the price tag for the New York Mets and what they were willing to pay for a guy who came into the season in Acuna, who was a top 100 only for Baseball America. Nobody else had him as a top 100 prospect. He was 71st. Uh, he has since moved up. MLB Pipeline midseason had him at number 44 overall, but still not a top five guy, right? We had that conversation the other day. I said, all right, you know, top five guy, you're starting to convince me a little bit. Uh, it feels to me like the Rangers did well. Of course, we won't know for a couple of years. Uh, Acuna is only 21 years old. He's in double A right now. But $35 million was the cost of acquisition. And for the Rangers, uh, they get another huge arm, another multi Cy Young Award winner to add to that rotation in Arlington as they're hanging on by a thread right now. One game up as we tape this on a Sunday morning in the American League West. This was fascinating. And you did it again, buddy. You were right about this. $35 million for Acuna. Okay, so for first off, I don't, like, some people love it when, you know, they're like, aha, see, I, I'm right, you're wrong. I That's not how it is with you and I. I. I think some of my other buddies, the ones that always give me grief about stuff, where I'm like, this is how it works, and they're like, no, it's not. Uh, those are the ones that I feel really good. But, but for you and I, no. Uh, I don't get a thrill of being right and you being wrong. Um, what I do like about this one, I'll, I'll get into Max Scherzer in a bit, but so yesterday we're Carlos Gonzalez and I'll bring this full circle. Carlos Gonzalez is in uh, Colorado for 30th anniversary of like Rockies franchise and they're bringing in the greats. And uh, when Cargo saw this deal go down, he goes, "Oof!" he was like, Hey, this Luis Angel kid better than Ronald. And I go, shut what? up. I was like, shut up. He was like, I'm serious. He was like, uh, so so Cargo played with Ronald Acuna Jr.'s dad uh, in, in winter ball in Venezuela. And, and when they were playing together, he used to say about his son, he was like, dude, this kid is really good. He's going to be a really good big leaguer. And Cargo's like, okay, okay, okay. And it's Acuna Jr. who had his 50th stolen base yesterday. And, uh, and so like Cargo's always been in on that family from that point on. And he said, like the dad was like, Hey man, Luis Angel is pretty good. And there's a third one coming too. He was like, but uh, Luis Angel, because he plays shortstop and he flies, he, I think he's at what, 42, 43 stolen bases? 42 uh, for 47. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. He said, hey, this guy has a chance to be uh, as good. And I'm like, no, he, get, and I, and I said to Cargo, you know, like much like you told me a week ago, I was like, no, it, no, it's not. That he's not going to be as good as Ronald Acuna. We're talking about an MVP. Ronald Acuna and Freddie Freeman. I'm, I'm bringing that one a little bit closer because Freddie Freeman has been crazy. But Acuna 
at the start of, of in January, we're like, this is going to be the MVP of baseball. And so if the New York Mets and as big of a disaster as it's been for them, if they spun Max Scherzer, who, by the way, I, I don't know if you care about these numbers, but has an over four ERA and he's going to be he's 39 years old. If you spun around a 39 year old future Hall of Famer who is not pitching to his highest level for a 21 year old kid that has a chance to be as good, let's put him as good, mm -hmm. if not slightly below or even average to Acuna, the, the Mets did really, really well. Mets did really well. Yeah, I think that's certainly um, one way to look at it for them, because obviously this season has been an absolute disaster. Highest payroll we've ever seen in the history of Major League Baseball, and they have started selling off pieces. They already traded David Robertson to the Miami Marlins. Now it's Max Scherzer. Who knows if there are other pieces like Mark Canna, Adam Adovino, others. Tommy Pham for sure should be on the move. Doesn't make any sense to hold on to him right now. He has value. Um, but so that part of it for the Mets, yeah, disaster season. How do you make the most of this thing? I think for the flip side, even for the Texas Rangers, when you look at uh, the money for them, about $22.5 million to add Max Scherzer for this year and next year, because he already exercised his option, right? That was part of this. He had an option for $43 million for 2024 and contingent upon this deal, Max Scherzer exercised that option. That's how they were able to work out all the money as opposed to making it a contingency. Right, as opposed to waiting till the very end of the year, giving him that opportunity to make a decision, and then they would settle up the money after that if he decided to opt in. I think everybody probably believes he was going to opt in anyway. Uh, Texas is a great place. He's certainly going to be comfortable, and uh, why not go ahead and make that decision right now? It's been an up-and-down year. I think it's absolutely fair to say the strikeouts are still there for him. Swing and miss, uh, even though he's been at such a high level over the course of his career, if you look at where he is right now, he's still better uh, than 10 per nine. So it's a solid number for Max Scherzer. Yeah, the velocity's down a tick or two. Not that big of a deal. Walks are up a little bit uh, for him, but they're still at an elite level, right? His career number is 2.4 per nine. He's at 2.5 right now. It's just that the last couple of seasons, he had been at such a much higher level at 1.5 and 1.9. I mean, the walks were just ridiculously low, um, but still pretty good numbers for him. The home runs are up. That's the one thing I think you certainly could look at here. With Max Scherzer, 1.2 per nine. He's given up 23 home runs in his 107-plus innings. Uh, that is the highest rate of his career. He is a guy that sat right around one home run uh, per nine innings, and so he's shy a little bit here uh, of two. But this is also about the Rangers and where the mm -hmm. Rangers are right now, right? And we have uh, Jacob deGrom out with Tommy John surgery. He won't be back until sometime, eh, maybe a calendar year or so uh, from now. So that's one thing. Uh, then you had Jacob Rizzi, who was supposed to be a depth piece, has not pitched all year, will not pitch this year. He is out for the entire season, came over uh, in a trade for um, from, with the uh, Atlanta Braves, right? So that depth piece was gone. So you had two starting pitchers, that uh, important ones, veterans, uh, that are not available. Nate Evaldi is not starting today. Again, it's Sunday morning. Nate Evaldi is getting skipped twice. Uh, right now, second time he has been skipped uh, in the rotation, got a little something going on with the back of his elbow, no structural damage, uh, but that is a real concern. And so I think that is part of it. Martin Perez hasn't quite been at the same level he was a year ago. And so while the Rangers put together a really good starting rotation on paper, like everybody else, things happen over the course of the season uh, and they needed to make an adjustment and to add. And I think this also signifies uh, for the Rangers that they're a game above a game up right now in first place again on Sunday morning here on July 30th. Um, they have not been tied for first place uh, since May 5th. It has been their division uh, since May 5th. So about 74 games just for them getting a little bit too close uh, for comfort. And it sounds like they may be in on another starting pitcher. 
uh, and certainly a couple of relievers. They've also already added um, Araldis Chapman. So I think the number for them works. They've done a really nice job beefing up their minor league system to put themselves in this position. And listen, sure. if you're if you're Acuna and you're a 21 year old prospect in the middle infield, when are you ever going to get a shot to play the middle infield in Texas? Corey Seager is in year two of a 10-year deal playing shortstop. Marcus Simeon is in year two of a seven-year deal. Josh Young looks like he's got third base locked down. Now, they That's said right. maybe he could play the outfield, but there really wasn't a, a path for Acuna to have a shot with the Texas Rangers. So it was just a matter of time. This is the guy that the Mets wanted. Uh, they actually have a much higher prospect than Evan Carter, who's a top five in all of Major League Baseball. I think they'd like to hold on to him and perhaps he's in the outfield mix uh, next year. Uh, but when you look at the Texas Rangers situation in particular, even if the Mets fans are feeling like they did pretty well getting Acuna, I think you can say the same thing, at least on paper, as it stands right now uh, for the Texas Rangers, as long as Max Scherzer is decent. We're not talking about trying to find Cy Young Award. Uh, Max Scherzer from 16 and 17, but a decent version of him, I think, makes this deal worth it for the Rangers. There's no question. And beyond that, it's the shot in the arm. It's the it's the 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 knowledge from your front office that they're going for it, that you're again supportive. You love that. I mean, that's that's like there's a, there's not a better feeling than knowing that you're the team that's adding the players where everybody's talking about it. Like that's, that's fun. It's fun to be, you know, spoken about. So I, I like that part. I also think, you know, digging into Scherzer's numbers to your point, I was looking at some batting average ball and play uh, a little bit higher for him, the season, the OPS numbers, that's all byproduct. Uh, Cause he's at, he's at a, like a, a high, like a career high in OPS against him. 740 uh, in his 16 years, it's a 649. A lot of that has to do with the home runs. So if he's giving up more homers, then you're going to have a higher OPS. The batting average will come down, I think, with with a little bit better defense. Because I, I didn't love the Mets defensively. Mm. Um, I I do like Texas better. Uh, I, after watching Texas, I was like, okay, like they're they're a solid defensive team. I like how they shift. I like how they use their players around uh, the infield. So I I'm with you. I think Max Scherzer, in the grand scheme of things, is a great deal for for the Rangers. And it's, it's, you know, kind of comforting to know that, Hey, like the Astros, they've won six American league. They've gone to the American league championship series six times in a row. They won that division six times in a row. Mm. And it's like the Rangers are like, no, no, we're not going to let the Astros like kind of catch their breath. I mean, they're, they're chasing the Rangers, which is kind of fun. It's a really fun, fun uh, chase in baseball but I like that Texas is going for it. I think yeah. it's always important. I mean, I guess ultimately too, you know what my, my last little thing when it comes to Acuna for a second is this deal feels like, and it could feel like what James Shields was to the Padres and the white Sox. Mm -hmm. So like the white Sox needed a veteran guy. They wanted it. Uh, it was a rental in the case of Scherzer. It's not going to be a rental because you get him next year, but you were willing to give up a player that you knew has a chance to be a very high upside player, whether it turns into that or not, it's up to the player. Um, and you do have people in front of them that kind of block them. So you're like, so in your mind, you're like, this one's going to sting a little bit. I think the value of it to win this season is worth it. If he ends up being a superstar player, we can live with it. We kind of had some guys in front of it. If he ends up being like an MVP that we're kicking ourselves, but, like you can, if you were to do the pros and cons of Scherzer for a possible really good player, I think you, you, you find yourself going for Scherzer every time. Mm. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's certainly going to bring that intensity uh, that you mentioned, and uh, it's been a great career. Uh, it'll be fun to watch. I think the other part of this for the Rangers is when you start looking at next year, even if Scherzer's down a notch or two and uh, future Hall of Famer maybe is more of a middle of the rotation starter going forward. Uh, DeGrom, we know, is going to be out, but at least for the first few months of next year, but at least under contract, Max Scherzer, uh, Jacob DeGrom, Nate Ovaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney has an opt-out after this year. We'll see what he decides um, to do. But you have at least those four guys under contract next year. I understand that with DeGrom not uh, being ready and having some miles on the other guys, that you have to be prepared accordingly. But at least you'll have those four uh, under contract. And they may not be done. Uh, some rumors around uh, the Rangers and perhaps they go for another starter, maybe a Jordan Montgomery type. I feel like that would be a really uh, nice ad and maybe a couple of relievers as well. But so far, it's been Max Scherzer. It's been Raldis Chapman, but they have struggled. They won six straight coming out of the All-Star break. They swept the Guardians. They swept the Tampa Bay Rays. And since then, they have now lost three straight series, uh, one to the Dodgers, one to the Astros, and one to the Padres as they get ready for game three. But they dropped those first uh, couple of games to uh, the Padres. The other part of this, not that it probably matters. I mean, I don't even know how to put this in perspective, Billy. This is the smallest of smallest change items for Max Scherzer. However, I did look at the sports tax guy on, I guess, X, not Twitter anymore, and wondering, of course, there's a benefit, right? He's coming to Texas and leaving New York. Approximately $2.7 million earned here uh, on the change because, I guess, if you're not a New York City resident, and Max Scherzer is not, you don't get charged the city tax. Uh, but we know that New York state tax is pretty high. So uh, an extra $2.7 million for a guy who's made over 300 million in his career, yeah. probably a non-factor, but gosh, darn it. That's still pretty cool. It, yeah. I mean, who, who doesn't love to find $3 million? Hopefully you can hand it over to me. Uh, let's talk about some of the, the ripple effects of this deal. I was, I was reading the New York post this morning, uh, the reaction from Pete Alonzo last night, who has a year of arbitration remaining. And, you know, he's been talking about like, is this the guy that's going to get the next uh, long-term deal? I don't know if he wants it at this point. Mm. Um, and, and beyond that, I mean, his reaction was honestly shocked and, and, and I'm with him. I understand like the start of the season, everybody thought the Mets were going to be uh, a world series contender. And I, I think on paper, you would assume that it didn't work itself out like that. The rotation was far worse. I mean, far, far worse than, than we could ever imagine. A year ago, this was a top five rotation in baseball. This year, they're at the bottom of baseball, which is just crazy to think yeah. of the New York Mets. Um, so the payroll, people have said this for years, you can't buy a championship. This is kind of proof in the pudding for, for Steve Cohen. But now you have the, the, the problem of a clubhouse where it's uncertain. And I was, I was at Friday night, I was in Chicago with the White Sox uh, for the Apple game. And Man, it was quiet. It was. It felt like a library. Uh, Lance Lynn was getting his stuff. He was out. This comes after Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez get traded to the Angels. Um, Kendall Graveman was getting traded. Uh, they're they're talking about um, different different guys in the bullpen. Joe Kelly had had already left, uh, and so like, you know what it feels like when you're in a loser losing clubhouse and good players are going to good teams. There's a that it's it's weird. There's a form of jealousy there. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that the guys in the White Sox were jealous, but I'm just telling you from experience, there is a form of jealousy. You watch your oh, teammate yeah. go and you're like, damn, that guy's going to that team like he's going to be in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And now I got to be stuck on this team that's 20 games below 500 or I got to be on the second half of this team with no chance of going to the postseason already. And we're in July. 
Like yeah. that's it's it stinks. It does it's stink. not fun. Uh, it's brutal. And you're right. If there's nothing going on with your season and you're ultra, and you're really competitive, or you're even a little bit unhappy yourself, it's a terrible feeling. Um, and then you start thinking about other things, and, and you're probably not where you need to be to try to finish strong. Now, if you're an arbitration eligible player, you're eventually a free agent. You got to kind of just put that past you, and make sure you finish the season strong, at least for yourself personally. Uh, but if you're already locked into a multi-year deal and they have a handful of players that are in that spot, yeah, it's pretty easy um, to check out. And so you have to be careful after losing really big pieces. I mean, five arms already that have left the White Sox, right? That's a, a huge, huge deal. And you know what the rest of your season is probably going to look like. And there's a decent chance that team is going to be flat the rest of the way. You brought up the Houston Astros. Kendall Graben is an ad for them. They do it once again, bringing him in to bolster their bullpen. Now he's got another year of control. What's interesting about the Astros is their bullpen is pretty deep, but they do have a couple of guys that are free agents uh, like Ryan Stanek, Phil Maton. And so they know at least they have a piece to replace uh, one of those guys if they're gone, assuming they don't come back. Um, next year. Uh, Hector Neris, I believe, also is a free agent. So they have some big arms that are on the way out potentially at the end of this year. But the real need to me seems like starting pitching for the Houston Astros. They have gotten very good production from some young arms like Hunter Brown, J.P. France. Uh, Brandon Belak has done a really good job. Uh, but if they're serious about trying to catch the Rangers and not even catch the Rangers, but have a postseason run, they probably have to beef up uh, that rotation. No Lance McCullers Jr., uh, no Luis Garcia. Uh, Jose Arquiti should be back at some point, but that's taken longer than expected uh, up to this point. Framber Valdez is good, but you saw what happened in that game against the Rangers. He can get shaken. He's a very fascinating guy um, in that regard. He doesn't have a long-term deal. He's a four-plus player. I wonder if some things there mentally uh, starting to build with him. And Christian Javier, shockingly, has not been as good as I thought he should be uh, in the rotation. So they have certainly serviceable arms, and they're right there on the on the heels of the Texas Rangers. But seems to me that the Astros have got to find themselves a starter, whether that means a reunion with Justin Verlander. I'm not sure about that one. It feels like you're right. Or one of those other starters. What do you think? Well, I, it feels like a Verlander reunion. It's just what it, I mean, I'm, I was trying to think because the Cubs are, are mucking things up with, <laughs> with by winning every single game. I, I don't know how much Bellinger and, and, and Stroman become, you know, assets for them that they're going to move. I, I still don't know. I'll be shocked at this point now if, uh, if the Cubs start blowing things up. Verlander seems like the obvious fit just because of the relationship there. You start thinking of of other organizations that might have some starters that that are interesting. I know Seattle's been a place. I would be uh, I would be shocked to see a, a Seattle, you know, making some deals of of some of their their young players. I don't think it makes sense from Seattle standpoint, just because um, you know, the, I there's there's been a bunch of teams, CJ, where I think they should have moved moved on from certain players, but there's also enough wiggle room with the, with the last couple, like less than 60 games that they're good enough still mm -hmm. to kind of make a run. Like Seattle has a run in them. Um, Padres have a run in them. We still haven't quite seen it. So you're just kind of waiting. You're like, let's go. The Cubs have a run in them, like a, like a good run in them. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how many teams actually have starters that the Astros can acquire. I don't like, I saw Paul Blackburn last night and he was an all-star for Oakland last season. And he's, you know, he's, he's a more than serviceable pitcher. Um, he's arbitration eligible for his second year at the end of this year. And then and I was like, that's kind of a fit for Houston right there, but that's not a move the needle type, you know, that's not, yeah. that's not moving the needle. And it was funny. Our little loud chat log, 
hmm. we had our our like internal debate. You know, I you know, would you rather have Verlander or Scherzer from the Mets? I'm in the Verlander camp. I was I've been in Verlander camp for a while. Um I've I even though Verlander's 40, I'm kind of I was more in on Verlander than Scherzer. And then you start digging into the numbers a little bit and you're like, okay, well, Scherzer does make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because the little bit younger, the velocity is a little bit better more consistently. So um, I just, I feel like Verlander is the next piece. He has to be right. Like he, he has to be. And, and if you use, if you use Scherzer's deal as a template, um, I think the Astros can pull that one off. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of things are similar there when you look at the money, just a matter of how the Astros feel about taking on the risk. But if it lines up something similar to what the Rangers just did, then, yeah, that does make uh, some sense. Forty three million dollars due next year is a vesting option for 2025 at thirty five million dollars. I mean, that is pretty much the the cost of doing business. I guess the question becomes for the New York Mets, are they willing to go another thirty five million dollars to buy a big time prospect? And then who is that for? the Houston Astros, right? Do they have that uh, matching piece right now at that level? Uh, I'm not sure if they do. We've seen a lot of their uh, young players get to uh, the big leagues, like a guy like Hunter Brown, right? Is a, certainly was a guy coming in, uh, but he's doing a really nice job for them. Uh, right now, they got guys that, you know, some some smaller names of guys. They got one top 100 prospect uh, and a guy named uh, Drew Gilbert right now. Is that going to move the needle for them if you're talking about a somewhat similar piece or is there a controllable piece on the roster right now that has gotten to the big leagues that they like to also kind of throw in or is there going to be a little bit of a different kind of structured deal? And then how many times is Steve Cohen willing to do that, right? Essentially pay $35 million for a prospect. That's fine. Okay. We did it once. We, we move on from Max Scherzer. Is he willing to do it again? Um, that's you're now you're talking about eating a lot of money here and uh, for Mets fans, just what an absolute uh, disappointment, but it does feel like the Astros need to add a starter uh, just because of the current state, but they're going to be in competition with the Rangers to add that next starter. But I'm with you. It's also felt like it needs to be more top of the rotation as opposed to filler. The filler at the bottom has actually done a really nice job um, in Houston. You mentioned the Padres. Uh, I'm in San Diego uh, right now. Uh, Apparently AJ Preller saying they're not going to sell. And I got to tell you as much, I'm really on the fence on this one because there's that part of me that looks at things objectively and mm-hmm. says, no, 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 you, you need to sell to it. Like, you guys aren't, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it to the postseason. Um, it's probably a good idea. You have Blake Snell, you have Josh Hader. These guys are free agents. Don't make that mistake. We've seen teams do it. And I have to believe it's really regrettable when you're like, you know what, let's take a shot at this thing. Even though we have some guys with some value, you don't trade those players. You don't make the postseason. And then all of a sudden you realize, man, we blew it. We probably should have. Uh, moved on from those players, and it doesn't happen. So those two guys in particular, Juan Soto's probably a little bit tougher um, to really figure out. But for the San Diego Padres, as it stands today, they're a fourth-place team. They're nine games back in the division. They're three games under 500. I mean, that's the yep. part of it that you're sitting there. And then on the wild card side, it's not much better for them. They're looking up at the Cubs, Marlins, and Diamondbacks just for the third spot. Then, of course, you have the other three in front. So they are seventh, essentially, and you got to finish at least third in the wild card to advance. But flip side for me, Spilly, it's a good team. I've just watched them for two games. Joe Musgrove looked really good. You Darvish looked really good. He was coming off a rough start. You know, they just lost a series to the Pirates and they come back and you're like, oh yeah, you see it. You see why we all can see it. about them. So where are you on AJ Preller not trading, maybe adding something small and going for this thing with this roster they have right now? Well, 
Yeah, so they they were the one of the few teams. I mean, I and I still go back to the Angels. I think are are going to really regret their decision making on on not moving Otani, especially since they keep trying to break him yeah. uh, by by <laughs> <laughs> they're like riding him so hard. Yeah. Uh, I I think in the case of the Padres, and by the way, as we're taping this show. Cody Bellinger's name, according to Jesse Rogers, mm-hmm. has just been taken off the trade market. So, oh, another team saying so we're there in. You go. There, I mean, like, and we said it. We we're like, man, like the the Cubs just kind of pushing. I saw them a week ago. It's like, okay, like I can see where they're at. I don't know if I love their starting pitching. Mm-hmm. I love Justin Steele. Stroman's kind of gone backwards a little bit. Yeah, uh, the back end of the bullpen kind of nasty for for the Cubs. So you could see why. Um, they want to keep keep pushing because you're you plus the division you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, the Padres, the division you're in is 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 not good, right? The Dodgers, yeah. um, Diamondbacks have really kind of fallen to earth. The Giants have have been right, and they've been up and down all year. So, in the case of the Padres, and they were the one of the only teams I've kind of suggested this one to. You leave it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like you you do. Uh, you have the best pitcher in baseball in the National League right now, in Blake Snell. I don't think you're going to get a deal in return for Blake Snell that that was worth the cost. You're going to get a compensation pick for him. Um, the rotation at the front is it's worth keeping it together to see what happens. Josh Hader is the best reliever right now in the National League. Mm-hmm. So you have those two guys. You have Juan Soto, who's the best hitter, in my opinion, that I've seen in in the recent memories, just because of his ability to to do Juan Soto things. And you have an extra year of arbitration. Uh, I don't think the Padres would get a uh, a trade package for Juan Soto. That's the equivalent of 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 his value on the field. Uh-huh. So you have three million fans through the gates. The yeah. the fans are coming. You, August and September. There's they should be playing meaningful games. I think this is the one where you kind of like you keep it together to see what happens. Uh, because just because I don't think the Padres fans after going through a win the off season tear it down like they did when uh when they when bud black ended up getting fired and that was the um that was the the upton brothers and and matt kemp and craig kimbrell all getting traded to the padres i don't think the padres fans could stomach another tear down you know so this one i think you just do it for the organization you keep it together uh hopefully some things figure itself out if there's some marginal pieces to improve upon do it um but yeah, like this is one of the few teams I'm, I'm like, keep it together. The the Cubs, I guess I'd throw in the same spot just because the National League Central. Yeah. And I'll say this. I mean, it just seems like ownership is like they want to keep it together. They want to go for it. It's a party here every night. They already broke their single season record for sellouts before they got to the all-star break. I mean, it's crazy, right? The, this fan base is all the way in. You don't want to dent that. This is, you know, this is a machine right now from a business standpoint. And you have stars that people want to see. The atmosphere is incredible. And again, you have ownership that probably is not all that concerned about long term. And it doesn't feel reckless. I mean, yeah, I know I get it. Some of the payroll is up significantly, uh, but they're good players. You don't feel like you're looking at players and going, man, that's that's a problem. That contract's a problem. We'll see about um, maybe you, Darvish, knowing that's a more of an, a longer contract, but I think that was by design, not knowing, expecting maybe that he's not going to pitch toward the end of that one just to keep that AAV down. Um, we'll see. But yeah, I'm with you. 
the objective part of me, if I didn't know everything else that was going on, I'd say this team probably needs to sell. But you look at everything else that is going on and you say, you know what, it makes perfect sense uh, to go ahead and keep it together. It's kind of wild thought because I think there's other teams that if you're in a different market with a different situation, I might disagree um, with myself. But seeing this kind of firsthand, I think it does make a lot well, of sense that the Padres keep it together. Let me ask you one quick question on the on on some of the numbers. So the Pythagorean win loss for Baseball Reference, it, it basically takes run differential and it, it it gives you what the record should be for for any team. Mm-hmm. Like the like like the Padres are fifty one and fifty four. The Pythagorean has them as a fifty nine and forty six win team. So an eight-game yeah. swing, which is, I believe it's the most in baseball. It is the most in baseball. So mm-hmm. their minus eight in, in where their win total should be is the most in baseball. Yeah. So the 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 computer, the computer geek, the computer algorithm, since it's not a real pu- person, it's an AI. Uh since the AI monster for working for baseball reference, it's probably gonna eventually kill me at some point. Uh has the Padres as a much better team. Uh, nearly yeah. a 60 win team. 61. 61- uh, run differential for them plus 61 but yet they're seventh in wild card right that means what 10th best record in the national league Keep uh, them doesn't together. Make, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever and I, I know they're a little bit concerned about their bullpen leading up the hater I, I get it everyone can probably feel that way to some degree so that might be the move that they make but they just got suarez back right he's only pitching four games so far i saw steven wilson yesterday looked uh pretty good right they have maybe enough or they could certainly add uh, but this could be the Philadelphia Phillies of 2022. If they get into the postseason, uh, there is certainly a potential run with a really strong uh, roster. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, lots of exciting things going on here right now as we get a little bit closer to the deadline. That'll be Tuesday, August 1st, 6 o'clock Eastern time. On that day in particular, Spilly and I will be on Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio, 2 to 5 Eastern. Uh, no doubt that'll be a jam-packed show. You can catch Spilly uh, tomorrow on Monday. He'll be with Brad Lidge, uh, then Spilly and I back together on Thursday. So the uh, radio show, 2 to 5 Eastern time on MLB Network Radio Series, XM Channel 89, no doubt will be popping uh, all week long, and we'll certainly be back uh, with the podcast, maybe some fun news uh, breaks. As always, we appreciate you guys listening to the Loud Outs Podcast. Have a great day. Serious XM Podcasts. <laughs>